I went from being a lean kid to a, an overweight kid, and、mm. that weight stayed with me through most of my、um, adolescence, my adulthood, and I just couldn't lose it until I discovered plant-based eating. And then, for the first time, I could lose it. I felt great, and I wasn't thinking about food. I wasn't dieting. Well, hello there, and welcome to the Exam Room Podcast, brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Hi, I am the weight loss champion Chuck Carroll. Thanks so much for giving the show a listen this week, a view, a download, wherever it is in the world that you are. We appreciate the fact that you are here. Today, we will be hearing the story of a doctor who lost weight to change her life, and now. She's also changing the lives of countless others. Doctor Vanita Raman will be joining me in the new Exam Room Podcast Studios to share her extraordinary journey, one that began eight thousand miles away in India. It wasn't until after her family immigrated to the U.S. that she began to put on weight. And that was heartbreaking for a young girl who was in high school at the time, and then faced the ridicule of her peers. And it seemed that no matter what she did, she couldn't slim back down. And ultimately, that weight began to take a toll on her health. That story is something that so many of us can identify with, because so many of these quote-unquote diets. You know they don't work, and it's frustrating and it's infuriating, and a lot of times, it's unhealthy. So you have all of that wrapped up into this one overweight package, and this is something that Dr. Raman was challenged with every single day until she heard about a plant-based diet. And the rest, as they say, is history, or should I say, her story. So she's going to be here in just a few minutes to tell us all about it, including the best part, where she's now using her own life-changing experience to change the lives of her patients. By the way, she's also now putting together a weight loss program right here in Washington D.C. at the Barnard Medical Center, just two floors up from the podcast studios. So she and I are going to be talking about that as well. Stay tuned. That, my friend, can be a game changer. Also on the show today is part two of my interview with Nolan Rodman. He is the gentleman who is dipping his toes into the plant-based waters for the very first time, just getting going on the vegan diet. So, how is that journey going for him? Well, we're going to find out because the results are in. But first, it's Dr. Rodman's turn to step into the exam room. Continuing our look at weight loss here on the Exam Room Podcast, brought to you by the Physicians Committee with the weight loss champion Chuck Carroll, sitting across the table from Doctor Vanita Raman. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Chuck. 
uh, weight loss and a plant-based diet, they kind of go hand in hand. You know, so many people turn to a plant-based diet initially because of their own health problems, the comorbidities that come from being or come with obesity, right? Mm -hmm. What do we know about the correlation between weight loss and the effectiveness of adopting a plant-based diet? So great question. Um, what's really interesting about plant-based foods is they're nutritionally dense. Um, they're high in fiber. They're naturally cholesterol-free. And they are full of antioxidants and anti-inflammatory mediators. But at the same time, they're naturally cholesterol-free. So many people don't realize that plant foods are naturally cholesterol-free. And animal-based foods all have cholesterol. So people who consume a plant-based diet are getting foods that are low in fat, cholesterol-free, high in fiber. So the caloric density is low, but the nutrition density is high. And so the body gets the nutrients it needs so it doesn't stay hungry. Mm -hmm. And people end up uh, losing weight and find it much easier to maintain a healthy weight. Yet at the same time, the risks of most chronic diseases go down significantly. Absolutely. And you talk about caloric density. One of the things that sold me most on a plant-based diet uh, was a chart. And it showed what 500 calories looks like in the stomach. And it started way down on one end with just an itty-bitty drop of oil, 500 calories, barely fills up you know, the bottom of the stomach, doesn't even come close to filling up the stomach. And then it works its way up uh, with uh, meat and, and dairy, you know, a little bit more, a little bit more. And then you get to fruits and vegetables at the very end, 500 calories. That stomach is overflowing. Like it's – you eat 500 calories worth of raw fruits and vegetables, man. Like you're going to feel like you just ate things. Thanksgiving dinner. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's Ab it's pretty incredible. It is. And and actually people find when they're eating plant-based they're eating large volumes of food and yet they're still losing weight because the caloric density is so low. That satiety is is so important. Is right before we started rolling here, I just came back from speaking to a, a group of people who are interested in, in starting to lose weight. By the way, we're going to talk about your wonderful program in just a second. But one of the big fears that people have is n feeling like, okay, well, I'm going to go on this diet. Mm -hmm. this di and, and let's just put that in quotes for a second. I'm going to go on this diet. And when I'm on a diet, every time I've been on one of these things, I go hungry. I'm starving. Right. My stomach is always growling. Yeah. Not the case here. No, no. And I think what you said, putting diet in quotes is important. This is not a diet. Diet is something that's temporary. This is a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So this is something we're doing long term for our health. And and what people don't realize is, um, like you said, they're worried they'll starve. They'll feel deprived. They think they'll be eating a boring salad every day or, you know, just raw fruits and vegetables. And there's so much more to it than that. So they can have fantastic grains and legumes and casseroles and and baked goods. And, and all these meals are so hearty and satisfying. You know, like a bowl of chili can be very satisfying. Oh, yeah. And, and last for hours. Have, <laughs> have you browsed through our recipe database on, on PCRM.org. Oh, yes, yes. It is ridiculous. Yes. And something for everybody is on there. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like you're worried about giving up hamburgers and hot dogs and pizza and things like that. Well, guess what? You can have all of that stuff on a plant-based diet and you can have it healthfully. Yes, exactly. You know, so yeah. you're not going to go without. That's, that's kind of the big thing here. Um, 
we could talk more about the science here in just a second, but you really specialize in treating obesity. And, and this is something that I think based off of conversations you and I have had here in the office is this is a personal kind of a mission for you. Not a lot of people realize that you kind of have your own weight loss journey, right? Yes, yes, I do. So um, I, you know, I was born in India and I grew up there and I, I played outside for fun. There was no TV, there were no video games, and we ate a vegetarian diet. And then, um, and things like sodas and cookies and cakes were really cost prohibitive. We rarely had them. Mm. They were a special treat, actually. Um, and then we moved to the U.S. when I was 12, and suddenly everything changed. So I had 24 hours of television. I had unlimited access to soda and cookies and cake, and and I didn't see anything wrong with it. I thought I was lucky to have it, so I would consume it. Um, and in fact, one of my favorite things became coming home after school, when I was in high school, sitting down with a big plate of food, a bottle of Coke and watching soap operas for an hour and a half. Well, <laughs> soap operas, I love it. That was my way of relaxing after school. That was your one life to live, right? Exactly. <laughs> and then general hospital. Um, and you know, as as I started doing that, within a year, I went from being a lean kid to a, an overweight kid, and mm. that weight stayed with me through most of my um, adolescence, my adulthood, and I just couldn't lose it until I discovered plant-based eating. And then for the first time I could lose it, I felt great, and I wasn't thinking about food. I wasn't dieting. I just felt great. That year when you were starting to put on that weight, mm -hmm. and you were in high school, that's kind of a, you know, like, that's a fragile age for yeah. a person psychologically, and here you are packing on the pounds. How was that year for you? Oh, it was terrible. I, I remember... Um, I grew up never thinking about food or diet or exercise. I just did things naturally. And one day I was going to the pool with my sister and I looked down and I couldn't see my toes. Mm. And I thought, where did this belly fat come from suddenly? Um, and, and suddenly nothing was fitting. My clothes didn't fit. I couldn't dress the way I wanted to. And, I, and it was really hard as a teenager. You know, I knew this wasn't right for me. This is not what I wanted for me. And I struggled with it, but I didn't know. I didn't know what to do. And mm. I didn't know it was the food I was eating because I was eating what everyone around me was eating. So I thought it was normal. Right. And coming from a culture where I felt deprived of it, and now I suddenly had it, I felt privileged. I didn't realize I was creating this long-term problem for myself. And how did you feel physically as well, you know, forget the fact that you're like, well, what's going on? Why am I putting on this weight? How did you feel physically? Because that's quite the dietary shift from what you were eating in India and then yeah. versus what you were having here. Yeah, well, my health deteriorated. So I started to develop allergies on a regular basis. I had asthma. I remember in gym, they would ask us to run around the track and I couldn't go around the track once because mm. I would start wheezing. And, and I didn't know it was asthma. I just thought I couldn't run. Um, and then as I got older, I developed other problems. I developed pain in my knees, um, you know, and problems later on came. But at that point as a teenager, I just, I felt big and bloated all the time, just kind of not like myself, like my stomach felt big, nothing would fit. And, and I just couldn't wear the clothes that I would see other kids wearing because they wouldn't fit me the way they should have. 
did you find it hard to make friends or did you want to just kind of stay in a bubble at that point? I It was hard to make friends um, for a variety of reasons at that age, not just the weight. I had just moved from India and it was hard to assimilate sure. and, and really get to know the culture and you know, fall in pattern with the social norms. It was a very difficult time. And, and the weight contributed to me feeling like an outsider because I didn't quite fit in. Mm. I didn't look like everyone else did. And I didn't, you know, so that helped me feel even more ostracized, if you will. Oh, man. Yeah. My, my heart just goes out to you. So that is your high school experience. And it continued on after high school? Like, you know. Yeah, pretty much. Um, college, I struggled with the weight. I didn't, I couldn't lose it. Um, same in medical school. In medical school, I discovered exercise. Um, mm. A good friend of mine used to run and she introduced me to running. And I diagnosed myself with asthma, which was the cause of my wheezing. So I got treatment for that. And I started running and I lost the weight. And I thought, well, this is it. You know, I just needed to exercise. Right. That's all it is. Um, well, that lasted for three months, six months, and then the weight all came back. Mm. And then I just continued to struggle. And and this is even harder as as a healthcare um, professional because now I'm in medical school. I feel like I should know. Right. I should know what to do. Right. And if I don't know, then something isn't right. Right. Um, and, and that's that's just it. It's it's to this day not a whole lot of physicians actually know and understand mm -hmm. nutrition. You know, it's just not taught. Yeah. In medical school, right? It's, and, Absolutely. And so, you're going through this. Maybe you're hoping that this would come up at some point in one of your classes, but you just keep waiting and waiting and waiting, right? Yeah, yeah. I remember, you know, most of our teaching in nutrition had to do with biochemistry, you know, mm -hmm. the structure of carbohydrates or proteins. Well, that's important, but we need more than that. Mm -hmm. We need to know what it means practically. How does that translate into food choices and chronic disease and disease prevention? And we don't learn that in medical school. Yeah. So it's, it's, um, it's very tough for physicians because we're just not taught. So what was that turning point for you then? Because sitting across from you, you look so healthy. You look so happy. You, you look great. What was that turning point then? Well, I think for me, it just, my chronic conditions just started adding up. So I had early arthritis in my knees and I noticed I was pre-diabetic. I had high cholesterol. And then for me, I think the turning point really came when I started practicing medicine and I was in the, in the clinic one day and I um, saw a patient who had a neck lump and it, um, I evaluated it, it turned out to be a malignancy. Mm -hmm. And then a few months later, I kept feeling a lump in my neck and I wasn't sure what it was, but I went to have it evaluated. And it, um, the radiologist, as he did the ultrasound, he said to me, um, you have thyroid cancer. Whoa. And that just caught me completely off guard. And I thought I was doing everything correctly. I am a physician. You know, where did this come from? I was terrified. And I just felt like I was losing control of my health and that fear of something is going to go wrong. Yeah. This is going to get me. I'm not going to live to see my kids grow up or hit all those milestones I have in mind for myself. Yeah. Um, and then one day I was just talking to a friend of mine from med school and, you know, just about my health struggles and my issues. And he recommended I, see, I read a book called The China Study. 
And that was this big epiphany <laughs> of what I, what was missing in my medical education. You know that there is this vast field that we are not taught about and nutrition. And then it all kind of made sense why um, chronic disease is hard to treat with medication or surgery alone. Why. I was struggling with the issues I was struggling with, even though I thought I was eating well and exercising. When right. In fact, I wasn't eating well. Right. I just thought I was. It's, uh, you know, I've always said, and I've said this on this sh- show, I've always felt that when you go to a doctor and the doctor tells you to lose weight, you're given this vague prescription for diet and exercise. Well, what does that mean? Right. They don't know. Yeah. You weren't taught, but, you know, you kind of taught yourself like you took it upon yourself to to seek out this research right absolutely yeah Yeah. Uh, you know and and it's true most patients are told you know reduce your fat intake or reduce your uh, sodium intake but what does that really mean what does that translate into right how does how do they make food choices with that how do they plan a meal with that we we as physicians don't know so we're not able to tell our patients right and and there's this big gap in our nutrition education. Oh, we're going to come back to that in just a second because I know that you actually just put out a paper on this very topic. Mm-hmm. You know that was that was published as we record this. It was published this morning, so hot off the presses. We'll talk about that in just a second. But I want to talk to you about right after you adopted that plant based diet. Okay, so you read the book, you go on the plant based diet. How long did it take for your symptoms to kind of clear up? How long was it before you started to feel better? Um, so. You know, I did it gradually. Some people do make the transition overnight. Mm-hmm. For me and my family, we thought we would gradually change our eating habits. Mm-hmm. And um, what I noticed that was most interesting was I I thought I was worried about craving the foods that I liked. And I did crave them a little bit initially, but it was amazing how the craving subsided with time. Hmm. And I felt good. Um I could feel myself feeling lighter even before the weight came off. I didn't have that heavy, bloated feeling anymore. I noticed my knees felt better. I I could run longer. I could run harder without them aching. And and with time, I started to notice my allergies and asthma were better. That took longer. So research has shown that can take months to a year to improve. But the inflammation is more quick. And then the weight loss, you know, I think within six, seven months, I was able to reach the target weight that I had in mind for me. But what was amazing was it didn't feel like a hardship. It just felt like a natural progression of things. Yeah. And then I could maintain it without really thinking about it. How did you feel psychologically? Like your mindset at that point, how did it differ from you've just lost all this weight, you look great, you feel great, your knees aren't hurting anymore versus that kid who was in high school wondering why she's putting on the pounds. Oh, I felt bad for her. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I wish I could go back and teach her how to do this, you know, because that could have saved a lot of suffering down the line. Um, But I, it was great because I felt like I was finally the person I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And I was finally happy with where I was in mm-hmm. my health mm-hmm. and my appearance. And um, and I didn't feel like I was missing out on wearing something or right. doing something because I felt good and I could do all those things that I couldn't do before. Yeah. So it just felt like I finally belonged. I yeah. wasn't kind of an outsider looking in. Did you almost feel like a Vanita version 2.0? 
Basically, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which which should have been the original version, but yes. Yeah, yeah. That's that's so incredible. I you know we'll talk about this in a second as well. That that whole you know you, you feel like you've got this whole new lease on life. It is really the coolest feeling in the world, and yeah. then you can kind of pick and choose what it is that you want to do with this life and you decided to move forward and and help other people which i think is just phenomenal like my hat is off to you big time for that you know the world needs more doctors like you um you mentioned you had thyroid cancer correct Mm -hmm. so talk to me a little bit about that whole experience and connect the timeline for me you were you changing your diet here throughout the cancer treatment process yeah. or how did how did that all shake out so that that was just um you know it was a very jarring experience and for the first time it was i was a patient mm-hmm. you know and i was laying there on the exam table getting scans and getting tests waiting for someone to tell me if i was okay mm-hmm. and it was just a very unsettling feeling and this feeling that initially i was gripped by fear it's going to come get me but i didn't After a few months of that is when I started going plant-based. And the more I read the China study, the more everything made sense, and the more research I did, I started to develop this very optimistic outlook that, you know what, I don't think this is going to get me because I am making all these positive changes, and there's not a randomized controlled trial to prove that this won't get me, but I'm feeling good because I feel I'm doing everything I can. Yeah. And that was a very peaceful feeling. That, yeah. You know, I've optimized my health and and I feel good. And based on everything I know, there's no reason for me to feel nervous about this. So for it was sure. very empowering. For sure. Yeah. Um, let's go back to this paper now. Yeah. Uh, because we were just talking about the fact that in medical school, the next generation of doctors not really being taught too much about this stuff. But you have a paper here and uh, a commentary that was published in the journal Permanente, uh, Time to Revamp Nutrition Education for Physicians. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about this piece. What was the inspiration behind it? I think that you mentioned right in here that it was seeing a, a 19-year-old who came in and, and saw you in the office and you just, boom, had a light bulb go off? Yeah. So, you know, as I'm an internal medicine physician by training. So as internists, we see so much chronic disease. And, and, and we're starting to see it younger and younger. So what was not at one point a disease of middle-aged persons, we're seeing it in very young people. And, and I started to see more and more people in their late teens, early 20s, struggling with it. And then I saw a patient who, who basically had given up hope and was struggling with obesity and just felt that her only option was bariatric surgery. And I thought, wow, that is, that is a really invasive surgery. It's, you know, it's got some risks associated with it. Oh, I know. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I feel like we could have prevented this if we as healthcare providers could have taught her early on, taught her family. And so I really wanted to educate her, and I realized there was no time to do it. In a busy office practice, there's no time to educate our patients. You're limited to, what, 15 minutes per visit tops? Usually, yeah, 15 to 20 minutes, yeah. which, which is just enough to take care of the acute issues, but not enough to really get into long-term lifestyle changes Right. And um, in any meaningful way. you know. So I, I um, 
decided that I, I should be doing more. I need to help people like her more. We can't just be, you know, surgery can't be it for someone that young. And so, um, well, one thing led to another. I discovered PCRM through the China study. And um, I came to one of the conferences here, ICNM. And before I came here, I used to, uh, to the conference, I used to feel like I was sort of on an island by myself. Yeah. You know, I'm just the only one who feels this way. And suddenly I was surrounded by hundreds of healthcare providers who were just as committed mm-hmm. to helping patients make lifestyle changes, who were just as knowledgeable about nutrition and how to help patients, and, and who were now giving me ideas on how to do it. So I felt very empowered. And I actually heard about a program that had been done at Kaiser in, um, in the state of Washington, and I and I thought, well, you know, we should do that here in the Mid Atlantic area. And I was very lucky; my management was very supportive, and so we launched a plant-based weight loss program. And we didn't know what to expect. This was all new. Our patients, as far as we knew, weren't that familiar with plant-based diets or lifestyle. But we had an overwhelming response. Uh, we had over 400 people go through our program. No kidding. Yeah. And, and some of them had never even heard of the program. Wow. Um, I, you know, didn't know anything about plant-based foods. But because the research made sense, it, it made sense why they weren't improving, which is traditional treatment. Mm-hmm. And they were able to make meaningful changes. They felt better. And so that was very empowering. And they would keep coming back. They wanted to learn more and make more changes. That's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. So I would imagine that they wouldn't have known a whole lot about that. So, no. you know, I kind of, I identify with the 19-year-old that you mentioned in your commentary in, in, in the Permanente Journal um, because, you know, I was 27, not that much older than 19, mm-hmm. and I was at my wit's end. I did not know, doctor, I did not know for the life of me what else to do. I thought that I would wind up having that procedure and that would be it. You know, eventually I would put the weight back on and I would say, all right, well, I went to my grave and at least I can say I tried everything. You know what I mean? That's desperation. That's desperation. Because the doctors whom I was going to see for help didn't know about any of this. Even my bariatric surgeon, God love, I love this man to death. Like he is a wonderful, like just phenomenal human being for so many more reasons than just the fact that he's a physician. But, you know, I will never forget, like after I had lost the weight, I go into his office and I had reached this, this target weight that he had set for me. And he's like, now it's time for you to eat a hamburger. Mm. And I wasn't even plant-based at that time. But I knew in my heart of hearts, I knew in my gut, I was like, no, because like eating hamburgers and things like that, that's what brought me to you in the first place. Right. It's just not a good idea. Yeah. And so here's this guy who, who performs these procedures for a living, knows more about my intestines than I will ever possibly know. He's forgotten more than I could ever possibly know. And he's telling me to eat a hamburger something doesn't really compute there right. you know what i mean and so like that's that's a little bit disheartening so i identify with with the 19 year old my heart goes out to her and i wish that i knew about a plant-based diet ahead of time um you know but things are the way that they are and i i certainly do not regret my my decision a lot of people always ask do you regret it absolutely not because at the time 
it's all I knew what to do, right. and I knew that I had to do something. So I made the decision that I thought was best for me at that time. Mm-hmm. And the cool part is now, you know, and, and we'll talk about this wonderful program here in just a second. But the cool part is now is like I get so many emails from people who have also had bariatric surgery, and they're like, "Hey, how do you do a plant-based diet after you've had this procedure?" You know, and there's like zippy research on this really right Right. now. And so all I can tell them is like, from my experience, this is what it's like for me. Work with your doctor, get your, you know, levels checked, make sure that you're getting all your vitamins and nutrients, do the same thing that you're supposed to do anyway. Mm -hmm. But, you know, in speaking to other bariatric surgeons, specifically Dr. Garth Davis down in Texas, Mm -hmm. you know, plant-based advocate, also bariatric surgeon, you know, he'll tell you there's no reason why you can't do it after you've had the procedure. There's no reason. Because at the end of the day, really, all you're doing is taking meat and dairy off off of the table, you know? I think that, you know, that's a good idea for anybody, you know? So anyway, uh, that's my diatribe. Let's talk about uh, this 12-week program because the one that you set up with Kaiser, you've now kind of brought here to the Barnard Medical Center. Now, mm-hmm. this is very exciting. Talk to me a little bit about this this 12-week program that we have coming up. Oh, so th- I'm very excited to get this started. So we are going to um, – so it's a weight loss program and a research study. So our participants will um, – start with us and before they start the program we'll check everybody's blood pressure we'll check their cholesterol levels we'll screen them for diabetes or pre-diabetes because the majority of people with pre-diabetes do not know that they have it so it's really important to screen and um, and we will also do a DEXA scan to evaluate their body composition. What is a DEXA scan? So a DEXA scan, most people think of it um, as a scan that's used for osteoporosis screening. So it's basically, it's it uses x-ray technology, um, and it's not only useful for assessing our bone density, but it's also very useful in giving us information about our body composition. It's a very safe, non-invasive test. only takes about 10 minutes, and um, it exposes the person to very little radiation, less than that of a chest x-ray. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then, but the information is invaluable. So it tells us not only how much... Um, you know, when we're talking about being overweight, it's not the weight so much. It's how much fat we're carrying that matters. Mm-hmm. It's not the muscle that causes problems. It's the fat. It's mm-hmm. not the lean tissue. So it helps us see not only how much body fat someone has, but also where it's distributed. Mm. So, for example, individuals who carry more body fat in their abdomen area, we know are at much higher risk. So those people need more aggressive intervention to help them reach a lower body weight. Right, right. Um, because their risk of diabetes or cardiovascular disease is much higher. So we're going to do that, and then we'll have 12 weeks of classes where we will meet every week, and we will review a new topic every week. And the best part, I think, of the program is actually the group support that people get. Yes. Because coming in, people feel like they're alone. They're feeling hopeless. They're a little wary. They're not sure what to expect. They're worried about what they'll miss. They're worried if it'll help them at all. And then they're suddenly surrounded by people who are in the exact same boat. Mm-hmm. And that peer support is so important. Right. And, and that's what I learned with my program at Kaiser is people started leaning on each other. Yep. And they would come back. Even when they knew the information, they would come back because they would say, I don't have anyone else who's supporting me. Yeah. And I need this. Yep. 
this keeps me motivated. Yep. I I was uh, I had to do a, a group thing after uh, after the surgery myself, and I I did it longer than I actually needed to because I I liked it so much because it became kind of one you know accountability. You didn't yes. want to let other people down, but it's also kind of like checks and balances. What worked for you? What didn't work right. for you? And if somebody comes in and say, "Hey, I found a way that I can eat all of this candy and still you know keep the weight off," it's like. Mm, yeah, that's probably <laughs> not the best idea. And so you just kind of give them that little bit of encouragement right. to like, all right, why don't we get back on track here yeah. and, you know, play it a little bit safer. Like, let's not try to cheat the system with Snickers bars, you right. know, like there's no need for that. So um, it was it was really, really kind of beneficial. And um, I remember getting kind of competitive with some other people, mm. you know, it's like, all right, well, I need to make sure that, that I've lost a little bit more this week than they did, you know, so it's like really making sure I'm sticking to what it is that I need to stick to, yeah. you know, it was so, so helpful. So I really like the fact that there is that group component mm-hmm. to this. Absolutely. Um, and this is, this is not just a program. You guys are actually doing research with this as well, right? Yeah. So what we are trying to, um, you know, we have research showing that, plant-based programs can lead to meaningful weight loss. Mm -hmm. We have that. But those are done um, in an academic research-based setting. Mm -hmm. Um, What we want to show is that any practice anywhere can start a program like this, Mm -hmm. that it's feasible, that it can be implemented, that there's interest, and that it's possible for a practice to do this. And that's our goal here, because it isn't just enough to show this in clinical research trials. We need to bring it to the community. Right. So our hope is that we can show it's feasible and then other practices throughout the country can start adopting similar models so that people everywhere can benefit. Outstanding. And this program begins when? September 21st. Okay. Is so our first class. September 20. All right. So that's that's coming right up. Yes. Just about two and a half weeks. Okay. Now. That's it. Yeah. From when we tape this, just about a week, week and a half from when you're actually going to be hearing this on the podcast. So uh, get moving. I know that as of today there are only what 20 some odd seats still available That's so right. if you're hearing this and this is something that you're interested in uh as they say on the home shopping network be dialing <laughs> um you know it's you got to get in there and you got to get in now uh you can sign up at pcr or barnardmedical.org i would assume yes yeah, so they can go to both pcrm.org or barnardmedicalcenter.org yeah yes that's yeah, uh, very cool. So 12-week program, you get your DEXA scan, you get the group support, live cooking demonstrations, yes, right? that's always fun, yeah. I, I mean, food's the best part of this, right? That's why we're there, right? We want to teach people how to eat, so. Let me ask you in your experience. Mm-hmm. So the people in your program at Kaiser mm-hmm. and the people who will be here, they come in, they don't know about the plant-based diet, and they think that they have to give up everything that they've been love. you know, that they've they've built this relationship with that they love like food is a relationship right so you're kind of asking them to break up but it's not really a breakup because you're showing them so many other things Mm -hmm. like how they come in kind of timid and a little bit scared Mm -hmm. how does that mindset change over the course of the program well you know it was just amazing to me i remember there were participants who came in who had never tried tofu And then a few weeks later, they were bringing in their favorite tofu recipe Mm -hmm. and then exchanging it. And, um, and, you know, and then there were, and I remember specifically one person, she used to love making this chocolate cake. Um, And she was doing this for her husband, not for herself, but she would come with him to help him. 
And she said, you know, after your talks, now I have modified my recipe. So this chocolate cake is now healthier mm -hmm. and we can enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So she found that they didn't have to give up their foods. They could just modify the way they prepare it and it could still be just as delicious. Ta-da. Yeah. Ta like I actually didn't really even like chocolate until after I went on a plant-based diet, you know, and discovered the, the joys of cacao. Oh, yes. You know, <laughs> in, in, a, in a smoothie. I mean, it's so good. Or even if you just wanted to keep it super simple. I mean, you've probably done this. Just frozen bananas in a blender with a little bit of cacao, man. And it's just like, that's some ice cream right yeah, there. Yeah, that is my go-to dessert. Is I it? I love is that. It? Yeah. Oh, it's so easy and so good. And it people is. are so surprised, you yes, know? yes. Oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, I love it. Uh, so they're going to learn how to cook. Do you give a specific menu to the people to follow or so, is it – how does that work? So my goal is to educate them, empower them with the tools so that they can put together a meal with whatever they have in their kitchen. Right. Um, you know, because if – we will give them lots of recipes so they can try. We'll give them, you know, uh, ideas about websites they can explore. And I'll bring in all my family's favorite recipes for them to experiment with. Mm. But then my goal really is to help them create their own recipes because maybe they used to love chicken wings, you know, but maybe now they would like um, cauliflower, cauliflower wings. wings. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, and in fact, like, my daughter loves that. Like, she doesn't care for cauliflower, but she likes cauliflower wings. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting how people enjoy different foods. It's so, it's, oh, my gosh, they're so good. You don't even realize that it is cauliflower. Yeah. Like, it's it's so good. People just don't, they don't know until they know, you know? Right. They, and so if if you give it a try, like, that's that's just fantastic. I also like the fact as we wrap this up, I love the fact that you are sharing your family's recipes because that's way better than any peer-reviewed science. Like if this is reviewed by your family and that gets the thumbs up, you know you're coming to the table with something good. Yeah. Yeah. I like to say in my family, kid tested, doctor approved. There you go. If kid my kids like it, then. I love it. I love it. Wasn't that an old uh, like serial slogan I back in the day? So. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's cool. So let's let's just wrap up with this, right? Obviously, I did not lose the weight through a plant-based diet. However, I have found that a plant-based diet is by far and away the best way to maintain that weight mm -hmm. loss in the long term. Until, even though I had the surgery, until I discovered the plant-based diet, I was terrified that I eventually would go back to being that 420-pound individual. Mm -hmm. Because I've seen people in my family go right back. To the weight that they were. It's not a cure-all. People think that it's a quick fix, and right. it's not. Yes. And it's not. So I will just show this. I will hold this up to the camera. These are my old... Wow. Can I even fit in the frame? 66-inch waist pants. I'm going to stand up. That's, uh, uh, I think there two of you could fit in there. Oh, yeah. easily. I think that two of me and you could fit <laughs> in these jeans. I mean, and these are heavy. These are like five pounds mm -hmm. of denim. And so, like, I, I really – I hope that the people – the reason why I hold these up is I really hope that the people who go through this program get to experience the same kind of just – I'm going to straight up call it euphoria mm. of, of discovering that, yes, you can conquer this. Yes, you can live the life that you want to live. You know, you know you've been there. Yeah. Like it is a magical moment. It, it really, truly is. And once you do this, it's like, 
what else can I do with my life? You know, yeah. the world truly becomes like in the palm of your hand at that point. Yeah. And you're helping put that all together. Well, you know, I think it's great that you showed those genes because that's what, what you're describing, that fear of regaining the weight after losing it is so common for mm -hmm. anyone who's lost weight. Yeah. And especially after bariatric surgery because so many people do regain the weight. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and it's so disheartening. And and you're right. Eating a healthy diet is the key to keeping it off. That's right. And uh, I will tweet out a picture uh, of that calorie chart, uh, the, the one that shows what 500 calories looks like you know, when it's just oil or cheese or meat and all the way up to just fruits and vegetables. Uh, and it's really an eye opener. And I think that if you have any concerns about going back to the way you were after you've gone on a plant-based diet, it will put them to bed. It will absolutely positively put them to bed because that, my dear doctor, is caloric density at its finest. Absolutely. All right. Very excited. Again, people can uh, register for this program at barnardmedical.org. That's right. PCRM.org. Uh, and also, uh, just because you're here, uh, people can also schedule an appointment to come see you if they're in the Washington, D.C. area. Yes. You are a living, breathing doctor who uh, sees patients too, right? Absolutely, yes. We uh, see patients at Barnard Medical Center and we help them manage their chronic conditions and get them on the path to sensible lifestyle and help them with whatever they're struggling with. Does it help you as a physician having been kind of on that journey and, and overcoming chronic conditions yourself to now being able to help others identify oh, with them? Absolutely. You know, as, as because I can understand, I can relate what it's like to feel that hopelessness, that frustration and just thinking this is going to be it. This yep. is as good as it will get for me. And I'm just different. So I understand. But then I also know there is a light at the end of the tunnel. You know, you just you just didn't know about it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm excited. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so glad that you're upstairs. And I really hope that uh, this 12-week program is just a rousing success and that you take this model and you continue to take it to other doctors throughout the country, throughout the world, have them implement it and make the world a healthier place. That's what we need. Making the world a healthier place is indeed what we need. And I feel like that's what we do with each and every episode of The Exam Room. Make the planet a little bit healthier than it was before. And we need your help to make that happen. So please, if you haven't already done so, the easiest and the fastest way you can help is to head over to Apple Podcast and give the exam room by the Physicians Committee a five-star rating because doing that improves our rankings. And the higher that we climb in the rankings, the more people will hear about the science and the inspiration that we talk about on the show every week. It's about providing hope for someone that, yes, they can lose weight finally and reclaim their health. And a five-star rating from you would go a long way to help make that happen. So thank you in advance. 
And the train this week, well, man, it just keeps chugging right along. And our next stop is part two of my interview with Nolan Rodman. Now, Nolan, he is trying a plant-based diet for the very first time. He had heard all about the buzz, and he wanted to experience what it was like for himself. Now, remember, what we learned last week is that Nolan is a relatively young man, fit by most standards, but he's still hoping to get a leg up on his friends for those pickup games that they have on the weekend. You know, the weekend warriors. So Nolan's certainly not a professional athlete, but he is the everyday person still looking to have fun. I think that's it's a lot of us, right? So how did Nolan do making that switch? What were the challenges and what were the victories both on and off the field? Let's find out together. This is the Exam Room Podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee. The weight loss champion Chuck Carroll here with you. Very exciting. This is Reveal Day. We had Nolan Rodman on the show just a little bit ago. Uh, well, a month ago now, but you're hearing this all spliced together. He's been vegan now for... 30 days. He's eliminated all meat and all dairy from his diet, and now we're going to pull back the curtain. Drum roll, please. How are the results? We're about to find out. And who's run that blood work is the talented Dr. Hanna Kaliova from the Bardard Medical Center. Welcome to the show, both of you. Welcome back. Thank you for having me back. Thanks for having me. This is an exciting day. I, I mean, real quick, before we get to the results, Nolan, 30 days. How are, how are you feeling? Uh, I feel really good, actually. I uh, My energy level seems really high. I had um, multiple people tell me that my skin actually looked better or was glowing, which I've never had anybody say to me in my life. So that was pretty cool. Um, otherwise, I feel really good. Um, high energy. My diet or my, my, my uh, digestive system feels really clean like it's not working too hard kind of I, I've had in the past some stuff go on with my uh, digestion so I feel I feel really good and these are some of the things that I'm sure Dr. Kaliova that you've heard with patients previously when they've made that change over the first month right exactly so many of our study participants uh, you know uh, state that their energy levels go up when they transition towards a plant-based diet and uh, it's very common that their digestion works better um, you know and it's not only about the lab results and about their waist circumference and about the body weight it's also about how, how it feels Outstanding. And uh, you, you came into the studio today rather spry, kind of skipping in here, big old smile on your face. So Did I, did I look like I was glowing? You, you did have a glow. You, you did have a glow. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. Thank it's, you. It was a healthy glow, too. Yeah. A, a nice healthy I feel glow. that way. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you, you work downstairs at a grocery store, so I would think that uh, finding these uh, plant-based foods, that was relatively easy for you. Yeah, and, and as the month went on, things got a lot easier. Um, you kind of get into a rhythm of creating um, a plan for what you're going to do the next day or that day. So uh, a lot of breakfasts were made the night before, overnight oats or um, chia you know, puddings or different types of things like that. And the planning... 
um, was was getting easier as I was going, making lunches or avocado toast or breakfast, and then just as I went and as I learned more, there was kind of more options for me, and so I didn't feel like entrenched in just having, uh, you know, a small uh, restricted uh, amount of food to eat. I felt very much open to being able to create a lot of different types of recipes and things and I was following some blogs and stuff like that so it was very accessible it was very easy and I was able to like make and cook a lot more stuff which was fun my girlfriend really liked that as well good to get brownie points man that never hurts yeah um and and i will say rodman's is a phenomenal grocery store it's not the largest grocery store by any stretch of the imagination so i think that the takeaway as a listener would be well hey if he's able to cobble this together in his own store my local grocery store which odds are is a little bit larger I'm going to have even more options to put this together. Yeah, so one interesting thing to note about that, and I was having a conversation earlier about it, is when you walk into a a regular grocery store, you are being subject to just so much uh, corporate marketing and big companies, uh, big meat companies and big dairy companies kind of like in bed with those corporations. So I was in the Safeway the other day and I was just kind of floored at the amount of product that I just, I had trouble thinking about how it was all made and how it got there and how little thought people put into when they take it off the shelf, how that product actually got there. And for us as a store, uh, you know, we do carry a lot of meat products and things like that, but our products are not sourced usually from the largest companies and you know we do a lot of Middle Eastern stuff and a lot of uh, Indian and different cuisines from all over the world and a lot of those cultures don't have the same meat based protein based you know marketing stuff driving uh, all of those points to people directly to consumers and so um, as you kind of like explore a different diet, you kind of see and realize all of those different marketing avenues that companies are taking. And when you walk into certain stores, who is subject to those types of things, you know, right. the big corporate chains, you see it a lot more. Dr. Kaliova, the pa- the patients that you've worked with, uh, we, we just hear Nolan talking about the, the big corporations and the big advertising dollars. That can be a serious trap as far as health is concerned for a lot of people, in my estimation. Being a guy who used to weigh 420 pounds, believe you me, I fell prey to this quite a lot. The patients that you've worked with, would you say that that's, they have the similar experience as well, uh, as well, not just what they see on TV, but as Nolan said, when they walk into the grocery store, you know, those big advertising dollars say, hey, get this, might not be the healthiest, but it's going to taste good. Absolutely. This has been an experience of so many of our patients and study research participants. And uh, this, the, the industry funding, uh, you know, can be also noticed uh, in research papers. You know, some of the research papers that uh, have been uh, funded by dairy industry, for example, try to make a cause for a higher consumption of dairy. And, you know, you can see uh, that the science is not as well established. 
you probably weren't expecting to have that kind of enlightenment happen over the last four weeks or so, were you? No, I was not, absolutely. And and I just um, – I feel much more conscious about the way that I uh, act day to day and the decisions that I'm making. You know what I mean? Because they kind of radiate outward. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's nice to feel like although I might not be – uh, changing kind of the world around me day to day, but I am making choices that are maybe improving the welfare of of the whole, you know, kind of earth in in a sense. Yeah, which is kind of nice. It is. It is nice. Uh, I I always am struck by the people who first switch to the plant based diet, how they go into it for their own personal health reasons, but very quickly realize that there's a whole lot more that comes with it. Um, yeah, you kind of, when you go to bed, I was laying in bed last night thinking about it, and, you know, it just was, it felt more fulfilling kind of knowing that that was kind of the decisions that I've made in the last 30 days. So perhaps that's motivation for you moving forward to stay with the plant-based diet. But initially getting into this, what were your motivations? Um, I wanted to see if it was going to make a difference in um, the way that I felt, the health, the the data of my health. And for someone who considers himself very active normally, I work out a lot. I eat relatively well. Um, you know, all of the normal things that a normal person quote normal would do and when I got my results initially you know I was like hmm these aren't as good as I thought they were Mm -hmm. you know so I mean I think that that's the perfect segue, uh, Dr. Kaliova. Let's let's first talk about the uh, the baseline results. So uh, Nolan is a relatively fit. Remind me again of your age. A twenty eight. Twenty eight year old man works out. Clearly uh, would be what most consider to be in shape. Do the numbers confirm entering that he was a relatively healthy individual before he started this? Uh, relatively healthy, uh, but not the best he could be, you know. Um, so his metabolism was fine, was like within the normal range. Most of his lab results were within the normal range, but his blood glucose was rather at the higher end of normal range. And so was his total cholesterol, 162. And the normal range is up to 199. Uh, His triglycerides, the other fats in our blood, were elevated uh, with 187, uh, while the normal range is up to 149. Um, And if I can just weigh in here, that that, to me that's a little unnerving, you know, knowing that I I do work out a lot, mm -hmm. I do eat very what I consider to be healthy. Uh, without being on a plant-based diet before, yeah. and for these results to come back and say, oh, your cholesterol is high, your triglycerides are high, your body max index is is borderline overweight. Yeah. So that that was a little unnerving. It is unnerving. And at 28, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's like I totally was not expecting to see that. Yeah. 
what else did you see on there? And also, uh, we um, measured um, Nolan's cardiovascular risk and um, the AGE reader, um, a reader that measures the advanced uh, glycation end products in your skin and measures your cardiovascular risk, uh, showed uh, that Nolan's cardiovascular risk is a little bit increased, you know. Even though, um, you know, most of the lab results were within the normal range, his uh, AGE reading was 1.8. And for his age, um, it was indicating a a slightly increased cardiovascular risk already. Uh, Talk to me a little bit more about that test. How how does that work and, and what exactly is it that we're seeing there? That's one that I'm not yet familiar with. Okay, so uh, the AGE reader is a simple machine. Uh, You put uh, your uh, forearm uh, and the measurement takes only 12 seconds. Mm -hmm. And the machine is measuring the advanced glycation end products in your skin. These uh, end products are proteins that are changed in contact with glucose. So the higher your glucose levels are in your blood, if you're a pre-diabetic or diabetic, um, you know, these end products will be high. And that's why also diabetics have a higher cardiovascular risk. Uh, so this is just an indicator uh, of your cardiovascular risk. The lower the number, the better. And the good news is that we're also consuming advanced uh, glycation end products through diet. Mm -hmm. And the good news uh, that the animal products are high in AGEs, while the plant foods are low in AGEs, which means if we switch to a plant-based diet, we automatically uh, reduce our exposure to these proteins um, that are increasing our cardiovascular risk. Interesting. So this 12-second test, you can tell all of that. Exactly. Is it like getting your blood pressure taken? You say you put your forearm down. How how is it conducted? Is it a cuff? Uh, It's not a cuff. Um, It's um, done through autofluorescence in your of your skin. Okay. So it really measures uh, the advanced glycation end products in your skin through autofluorescence. Nolan, had you heard of that test before you you took it? I, I had not. Yeah, that's a new one for me as well. Is is that relatively new, or are we just in the dark here? Yes, it's a relatively new machine, and, and it's very cool. You know, it only takes twelve seconds, and it's it very tells simple. You. Yeah, just put your arm down. Okay, I and then me. you know everything, uh, and <laughs> then you know everything. <laughs> yes, the secret to life is told by the AGE machine. I feel like I need to go upstairs and play. Of with course, that. you yeah. need to. <laughs> um, so, twenty-eight-year-old guy, uh, increased cardiovascular risk, um, and, and that's based exclusively off of what you found in there. Would you say that his slightly elevated cholesterol would also put him at an elevated risk for uh, cardiovascular uh, problems down the line? It was more about the other fats in in the blood, the triglycerides that were more elevated than the cholesterol. Um, but absolutely, all the blood lipids play a role in cardiovascular risk. So, and, and just uh, for the the folks listening at home, let's just do a, a lay question here. The triglycerides are what now? Other fats, uh, other than cholesterol, in our blood. Okay primarily bad or they're good triglycerides? Uh, They're bad. Okay, all bad. Yeah. No good can come from a triglyceride. (laughs) No. No good. Okay. So uh, that's where you started. Where did he end up, Dr. Kaliova? Okay. Uh, So. Uh, Wait, before that, what were your expectations? 
before before you saw these results, what were you expecting to see? You know, uh, to be honest, um, knowing Nolan that you know he was relatively healthy and having um, having had several. Um, patients and study research participants going through the vegan diet for several months, I was expecting like a slight change, you know, during the four weeks. Uh, I didn't expect any dramatic differences. Okay. And what did we find out? Um, but I was pleasantly surprised and I was, yeah. I was shocked by how much Nolan was able to achieve within four weeks. It was pretty amazing. In fact, he achieved more than many of our research study participants in four months. Wow. You know, it was pretty, pretty impressive. Outstanding. So uh, let's start with his body weight. If only my high school teachers were as proud of me. <laughs> man, I will tell you stories, but we're done here, man. Yeah. So Nolan's body mass index dropped from 24.8 to 24.5. Nice. And he lost 2% of fat in okay. his body, which is amazing. And percentage-wise, he gained muscle, you know? So how do you, how do you like that? You yeah. Know? Train I mean, your body. I wish I had done it uh, in, in May or June, you know, so I had the whole... The summer, summer the summer going, <laughs> but but to be uh, to be completely frank, when I was by at the end here of the thirty days, I could literally feel myself stronger. Like when I was working out, all my muscles felt more in tune and more. They, it just felt like a better oiled machine as nice. I was going. Nice. Yeah, which is really interesting, and I, I, I kind of knew that the results were going to be good. Um, I didn't know to what extent, um, so I was pleasantly surprised to see the fat content drop, the muscle increase, and the weight really didn't change too much, but the, the way that it was structured was such a better balance for my body, which was awesome to see. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And also, Nolan's metabolism improved dramatically. Uh, you know, the plant-based diet boosted up his metabolism, um, and he was able to start burning uh, about 100 kilocalories per day more than before. Okay. So at baseline, he was burning 1,840 uh, calories, you know, in the resting state, which is completely normal. However, at the end of the plan, of the one month of a plant-based diet, he was burning 1,964 kilocalories a day. Attaboy. You know, more than 100 uh, calories more yeah, so than at baseline. I don't even have to do anything, and I'm I'm healthier. Right, right, right. <laughs> Just eat diet. your veggies. Yeah, just eat my veggies. <laughs> <laughs> That's the power of spinach, boys and girls. Um, what about his cholesterol and, and his AGE? And we, yeah. I feel like we have so much more to cover. Uh, so uh, it was pretty impressive to see the drop in his cholesterol. His uh, final cholesterol was 113, which is on the lower end of, of the normal range. Here, here, sir. Which is awesome. 
Uh, his triglycerides are completely normal now with 80, you know, uh, the norm is up to 149 and his baseline was 187. So it's a pr- pretty impressive drop uh, to 80 yeah, it's milligrams pretty, per deciliter. It's amazing to see such dramatic results in 30 days. Isn't that wild? Yeah. And his cardiovascular risk is completely normal now. Uh, His number from the AGE reader dropped from 1.8 to 1.4. And now he's in the green zone, you know, completely no increased cardiovascular risk. You want to be in the green zone. Absolutely. All day, every day. (laughs) (laughs) Good deal, man. So uh, how are you feeling now when you work out? I mean, you feel like you've got more endurance? and 100%. More endurance. Um, like I said, the, mon- the muscles feel like they're functioning better. It feels um, like there's not as much added weight on my body in a weird way. Um, when I run, um, I'm getting a lot more energy throughout my workouts. So... You know, if I'm doing a, a 30 or 45 minute run, actually, it's kind of funny. There was a couple of times during this test that I was doing 30 minute runs that turned into 45 and 50 minute runs yeah. because I was feeling so good. Hmm. Outstanding. Yeah, which was really interesting to see. So, I mean, that just never happened before for me. You know what I mean? So, and, and your body weight, did, what, did, we, did we actually touch on how much you weigh? I, I, I think recall. I dropped about two pounds, two and a half pounds from yes. like 180 to 177 yes. and a half mm-hmm. or something like that. But you added muscle along the way. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. That's, that's really impressive. You know, Dr. Kaliova, a lot of people say, well, y- you know, muscle weighs more than fat. Is that accurate? <laughs> you know, um, although one kilogram of uh, one kilogram of muscle is, uh, you know, weighs the same as one kilogram of fat, right? Right. Right. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. And and then suddenly you realize that you're not as smart as you think you are. A pound of feathers or a pound of bricks? Hmm. Let me think about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well. All right. So Nolan kind of replaced his fat with muscle, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, I think to look the stat to look at is mm-hmm. is the the body mass index. So mm-hmm. that that number went down slightly, mm-hmm. and the muscle increased, mm-hmm. the fat decreased, and you know I felt like I was I, looking at the BMI results too. I went from being a little bit closer to overweight to to a much normal level. Right. With my BMI. Right. And, and I think that's also in part to having more muscle. I want to ask you, Nolan, about what this experience was like for you. Um, I know a lot of people have a very easy time making the switch. Some people, it's a little bit more difficult. How was it for you, the transition? Well, at the start, you know, sometimes in your mind, it's always harder and you kind of play out situations more so than what actually ends up happening. So for me at the start, you know, it seems like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm going to do this for 30 days. I'm going to go plant-based and there's so many things that I can't eat and I'm not going to be able to go out with my friends and do all these things and blah, blah, blah. But like, it was not at all difficult. I mean, it was fun. I got to cook more. I was exploring new foods. 
I was um, just looking up a lot of recipes. I was going to new restaurants. I was going out to new places. I mean, I was my shopping trends changed. Uh, I was planning my meals more. Uh, I just became a lot more conscious over the period of the 30 days. And it was really enjoyable uh, for the most part. There might have been one or two uh, nights where it was, like, difficult when you're with 10 people who all order pizza. Right. And the only other thing, too, about it is you don't want to feel like you're burdening your friends around you so that they can't do what they want to do. So I made that uh, a very big point to them to say, you know, you, you guys order your pizza. I'm not going to stop you from doing that. You know what I mean? Don't don't yeah. change the way that you're going to do everything for me, and I'll be fine. I'll grab something, you know, as needed kind of thing. So what did you do? Um, you just have to plan a little bit more. So you have to think if your friends are, you know, if you're hanging out for a little while, um, you know, bring maybe bring a snack with you or eat before you go or something of that nature. And you end up eating a lot healthier because you're thinking about it more. You know what I mean? Did your friends kind of think, well, you know, if Nolan's doing this, maybe I should I should give this a whirl as well. So they all wanted to see the data. They all want they all were not convinced and now I have the data. Uh-huh. And to me, you know, I know this is probably going to be a question you're going to ask me. Are you going to stick with the diet? Of course. And it's like, well, I'm not an idiot. You know, I'm going to look at this data and I'm going to say, I feel better. My skin is better. I have more energy. I feel clear headed. Um, I'm, I'm more conscious in the decisions I'm making with my food with, and, and then and that it ties into just like a whole more conscious way of living in my opinion because it's all kind of interconnected at the end of the day and so how am i uh creating more consciousness about the way that i'm living my life and this is just one dimension of it and so i'm happy to try and continue that going forward and to improve the results and not just for the data but the data is a a strong factor in why i want to continue the diet. Dr. Kaliova, when you have a patient who has this radical transformation and you hear them talking like this, what is your reaction as the physician, as the doctor? That's my reward right there. You know, when you see uh, the transition and when you see all the health benefits that people start to appreciate and when they want to stick to the diet uh, even after, let's say, a four-week challenge or a four-month study or whatever, that's a reward for me right there. Outstanding. And uh, last question before we wrap this up. Do you think that Nolan's numbers improve so much because he is physically active and he is a younger gentleman. Is is that kind of also maybe what played in his favor in, in this instance as far as seeing such a dramatic improvement in those 30 days exceeding your expectation anyway? You know, uh, his physical activity didn't change uh, throughout his vegan challenge, so the results are really attrib- attributable to the vegan diet alone. Gotcha. Yeah, and, and just... Uh Another thing about 
being on the plant based diet is uh, you know you can you can be on a plant based diet and still not eat very healthily. Absolutely. You know, there's a lot of foods out there that are not made from uh, uh, animal or or dairy that uh, are not healthy. Yeah. You know, a lot of deep fried stuff, a lot of different stuff like that. So. Um, you still have to be conscious about what you're putting into your body. So this this made me just eat so many more fruits, vegetables, greens, different colors, you know. And so I, th- I think that contributed. And, and when you go on a diet like this, you become, like I said, more conscious about what you're putting in your body. So you don't want those deep fried items. You don't want – and every now and again, you know, it's fine, but – uh, it just it just helped me. I think I think the results are are dramatic because there was just such a shift when you go from not uh, monitoring kind of what you're putting in to okay now I'm only putting these types of things in. You know what am I putting in my body? Yeah. It, it just it just shifts the way that you kind of begin to live your life, and then you feel better, and then you're like, oh well. That makes sense. I think I'll continue. We're going to see some uh, new products then down on the store shelves. Uh, yeah, you know we're we're going to uh, we're constantly trying to bring in um, more uh, products that you know people that are going to sell at the end of the day. So you know the more conscious people get about their food, I think the better that will be, and the more uh, plant based things you'll see. Down, downstairs. Outstanding. So uh, here's here's the deal. If you are in the Washington, D.C. area um, or anywhere close to it, I highly encourage you to come into the Barnard Medical Center, meet with our dietitians, our nutritionists, our physicians, and experience what no one did. Take that challenge. See how you feel after a month. You have absolutely nothing to lose and everything to gain, uh, primarily your health. Um, and while you're there, head downstairs. Right on the first floor. Nolan is there in the grocery store. Go say hi. Stock up on groceries. I'll be there. And uh, just one last thing that I want to say is that uh, regarding the Barnard Medical Center, uh, everybody was so helpful and so friendly and so supportive in the 30 days in the process. There was emails and texts and a whole, like, support system going on. So I never felt like kind of I was doing it alone, that people were checking in on me and people cared about how the challenge was going and how I was doing and how I was feeling and there was constant dialogue so that it was really helpful yeah and, and that's that's one of the great things about this place and I, I don't mean to turn this into an infomercial but the way that it is set up patients are set up for success because you meet with the physicians the nutritionists the dietitians you get on that plan but then you also have access to classes at nighttime, like the Food for Life courses and things like that, which I consider to be, and you know this as a physician, continuing education. Um, you know, And that builds that sense of community where you're with other people who are maybe just making that switch to a plant-based diet. So not only are you learning how to cook, but you're also getting that support system as well, which is critically important when you're trying to make such a, a big change. And I think that y- you could probably talk a little bit about this is that you know maybe not going at it alone that's that really sets the patient up for for success there right absolutely the group support is such a great tool you know it's such a great help uh, when you're making the transition 
Nolan, Dr. Kaliofa, thank you very much for joining us. And you, sir, congratulations, man. This is fantastic. Thanks for having me. Nolan was actually part of a big group of us that went to see the screening of the Game Changers documentary this week. And here is my big takeaway from the film. I have covered professional sports for years, earned a living doing it long before I started to host the exam room, and I still dabble in that. And the bro science, I can tell you for a fact that the quote-unquote bro science that they talk so much about in that film, it is very, very real. It's all over the locker room. It's on the field. It's online. It is everywhere, and it can be a tough nut to crack. In the movie, you'll hear a lot of the Tennessee Titans talk about this, as a matter of fact. And in one scene in particular, Derek Morgan, who played for the Titans, Derek Morgan and his wife, Chef Charity Morgan, she's plant-based 100%. We've had her on the show. She's fantastic. So they welcome a bunch of Derek's teammates from the Titans over to their house for dinner. And everybody sitting around that table is now plant-based. But the funny thing is that at least one of them mentioned that they used to clown Derek mercilessly when he first started bringing those those vegan lunches to the Titans training facility. And so while all of his teammates were loading up on chicken and steak and fish, there's Derek eating this yummy vegan lunch that was prepared by his wife, right? And so they thought that he was crazy. They were super skeptical. And this one guy would just give him the business over and over and over again. Until, until they began to see what was happening with Derek on the field. And once they saw that, they decided to give the food a try for themselves. And so once those walls of bias are broken down, it was game on. And once that wall comes down, really, it's hard to envision why they didn't see this sooner. But that's bro science and the stigma that comes with it. And that's what the Game Changers is fighting. I really do think that the film is going to open a ton of eyes. And I know that I'm excited to be sharing this with the players that I still know in the NFL, letting them know that there is something different out there, something arguably that is healthier, that can change their game for good. Speaking of the game changers, a quick note, also in that film was Dr. Jim Loomis, our very own Dr. Jim Loomis, medical director from the Barnard Medical Center. He was on the show last week, and a lot of you were asking for the recipe for his recovery shake that he created for that Ironman triathlon that he competed in at the age of 60. Amazing guy, this Dr. Loomis. Anyway, it's now available on pcrm.org slash athletes. So go there and download our free ebook on nutrition for athletes. And boom, right there in the ebook is the much hyped shake recipe. You guys were blowing us up for that recipe the second the show was released last week. I love it. And I really think that you guys are going to love the shake too. Super tasty. I'm not even kidding when I said you guys started to clamor for this recipe. 
I, we we had so many people ac- across the physicians committee. So many people here got emails asking, "Hey, where is the recipe for the shake?" People that I haven't even had on the show are getting emails. So that's that's pretty exciting. That's how you know that Dr. Loomis has put together uh, a home run there. So uh, PCRM.org slash athletes is where you can find it. I've also tweeted out a link to it from at Chuck Carroll, WLC. You can go there and grab it. And while you're there, also, if you could give a follow, that would be amazing. The Physicians Committee, also on Twitter, by the way, at PCRM. And we're also on Instagram. I'm also at Chuck Carroll, WLC. But the organization... A little bit different. This time, it's at Physicians Committee. So head over to the gram. Give a couple of follows there as well. Lots of cool science. Lots of cool nerdy things that just excite us to no end. That's up there as well. Plus a ton of inspiration and even some recipes right there on the gram for you. Exciting announcement. If you're in the Hampton Roads area of Virginia, I'm going to be speaking at the Fruitive location in Virginia Beach, Wednesday night, October 9th. And then we're going to be doing a live taping of the exam room. How cool is that? Fruitive, if you're not familiar, is plant-based. Tons of plant-based foods and smoothies are there. So they will all be palate pleasers. And we're also going to please your ears with the taping of the exam room. We're going to be speaking with the founder of Fruitive. He's going to be joining me to talk about why it was so important for him to create those stores. And the mission is a personal one for him. And he's doing a huge service by opening these locations in an area in Hampton Roads, where there aren't that many vegan options yet. So join us. I would be so excited. Wednesday night, October 9th at the Fruitive in Virginia Beach. But before we get there, we have some other shows to do. And next week, maybe you've heard about this controversial study that claims that vegans are at a higher risk of having a stroke than meat eaters. Quite a few questions about how researchers arrived at that conclusion. So I welcome Dr. Barnard into the exam room studios to take a deeper look at the data. If you actually crunch through the numbers in the current one, um, not to get too much into the weeds, <laughs> if you don't mind, Chuck, but I got to just give you Go this. ahead. Um, if you are uh, a, not a meat eater, if you're a vegetarian or a vegan, the risk of having a stroke was 0.00032 per person per year. Seems pretty low. Very, very low. If you're a meat eater in any given year, your risk was 0.0039. So just a little bit higher for the meat eaters. And for any given year, you wouldn't expect to have a stroke. Um, So the the risk among meat eaters was a little bit higher. The risk among the vegetarians, a little bit lower. So why why would it be reported the opposite? Exactly. Because the groups weren't the same. Um, the meat eaters were a little low, a uh, little older. They were more likely to be taking medication. They were eating a lot less cheese. The, the vegetarians, I'd say, among them, were eating a lot of cheese. Um, and so the researchers said, "Well, we can't report those statistics, saying that the vegetarians were at lower risk." They said, "We've got to adjust the statistics uh, for the differences in age." And so you make some educated guesses. And I'm not saying that's inappropriate. It's not. Um, you try to make your data somehow fit. So they said, well, the vegetarians are younger. If we age them a little bit more like the meat eater, maybe they'd have a higher risk of stroke. And so after the analysis, then they said, well, in our judgment, the vegetarians might be at actually more risk. Uh, less risk of a heart attack, mm. but more risk of a stroke. But, but the actual numbers were that they were at less risk. So 
what do we make of it? <laughs> what do we make of it is, is it was it's probably more related to this particular population than than um, uh, than actually being at risk. And if you are following a plant-based diet, adding a pork chop will not protect you <laughs> against <laughs> against a stroke. If you haven't already done so, please go ahead and subscribe to The Exam Room on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify or wherever it is that you get your favorite shows. That way you can be among the first to hear that conversation with Dr. Barnard when it comes out. Before we go, also remember, if you want to join Dr. Raman's weight loss program and study right here in Washington, D.C., simply head over to barnardmedical.org to register. Seats are going fast. Only a limited number are available, and it begins very, very soon. Barnardmedical.org is where you need to go to register. For this week, though, that's all the time that we have. So my thanks again to Dr. Raman as well as to Nolan Rodman. Another interesting hour gone by. So for everyone here at the Physicians Committee, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for listening. And remember, keep it plant-based. <laughs>